Hello and welcome back to the Euphoria podcast, or welcome firstly if you're just joining us. This is the start of our MSI coverage. We are just one day away from the start of the Midseason Invitational and it's going to be a banger. I'm Daniel Dracos. Alongside me is the killer Mike to my LP, the Maverick to my goose, Mark Cajal Lamont. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> you don't know Killer Mike LP, Run the Jewels? No. Okay, all right. Uh, anyway. I'll be that to you, though. You, uh, can, that's what I like to hear. That adaptability is what I appreciate. I got your bike. Speaking of adaptability, the man who will play absolutely anything on our stage. Uh, you've talked about his contract and the implications of what is or isn't happening in his personal life, his performance, and his incredible game knowledge. You've talked about it all. It's none other than Bwipo. Welcome, Bwipo. Thank you. I was worried I wasn't going to get an, an intro quite as good as uh, Kedros, but uh, you nailed it. <laughs> well, I was debating if I, I what I could have done is just compiled together every reddit clickbait headline from the past week but we would have been here nice. from like four minutes um <laughs> also people didn't want people didn't know that you were on the podcast but despite this being an msi themed podcast we had at least 10 questions about what does it mean what does Bwipo's Tell thing us. mean what does it like, <laughs> please like, people we need right to into know. it way too much like, we need to know he's staying right copium copium <laughs> it's just like people need some <laughs> so um, you're a hot topic despite the fact that uh, msi is on the horizon as is g2 interestingly um of course if you're just joining the podcast wherever you're listening at we are available on youtube spotify apple podcasts and soundcloud um before we get started, gentlemen, how does it feel? I mean, it sucks, obviously, you can't be competing at MSI, but are you guys excited? Are you guys pumped, finally, international Which was that for competition? Both of us? You it's, can't it's, be keep competing at MSI, both of us, right? That was for both of you. <laughs> okay. That was for both of you. Yeah, yeah I'm you really obviously... disappointed that I'm not playing on that massive stage. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, Bwipo, how does it feel? It's all right. I mean, it's not the first time I missed MSI, so um, when it comes to that, it's not the worst, but... I miss playing at MSI. I mean, honestly, it's one, my first MSI was probably my worst international experience ever because that was really, really, really bad. <laughs> um, and I got away with it because my team was really, really good. Um, but I'd for sure dragged down Fnatic in 2018 MSI. And I think it's one of the main reasons why I managed to step up in the year, like in the latter end of that year. Mm. I really just wanted to burn Cajun and say Cajun had a similar experience on LEC finals. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Good one, Draco. <laughs> why? Why? I don't know why you become the caster punching bag, but you are the cat. I think it's because you're the, you're doing so I well. Think, I think ev the thing is, every single person on social media has to take at least one punch, one shot. Every Whether single time playoffs. I open up Twitter, my mentions, everyone just wants to get one hit in. It's one like hit. just one punching bag that everyone wants to hit. So we all envy I'll take you. it. You're I don't just mind. so handsome and you're so talented. It's it's hard to keep up. Oh, thank you. Um. Anyway. Anyway. EU Masters finished this weekend, so before we talk about MSI, I just want to give a big shout out to K Corp. Congrats on the win. Awesome team. Um, sorry in advance to French fans when this team is poached to pieces and you never get to see them play again, but congrats to all the players who will make it to LEC, it, I'm sure. It was crazy, you know, I was doing the desk for it on uh, on a Sunday for the EU Masters Finals and I could see the French stream 300,000 viewers for this EU Masters Finals. That to me was ridiculous. I know. I, I've learned German and I feel like I should have learned French. Currently, like <laughs> the support from the French fans was unreal. You know, like they post a tweet, 50K likes in like 20 minutes. It was unreal the amount of people behind K-Corp. The, pre the president rocks up to say, I don't know shit about league, but y'all yeah. did good for the country. The French fans are crazy. <laughs> that's, that's what you need. But, but that's what I want for you when you achieve something great internationally. I want <laughs> recognized government officials 
I want the nice. EU, the, certificates. the EU as a whole, to come together. I want congratulation <laughs> messages from every president, every prime minister. A, a certificate that says you are a good player, or something like this. <laughs> similar to like a certificate. Never mind. You are a good e gamer, like just like horribly out of touch. <laughs> Gets but, <you> knighted. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like certificates aside, I'm very, 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 very happy that for the K-Corp fans and for like the players in general because you know, for me, like I actually really like it when up-and-coming players get hyped a lot and they're like fanatic at them and stuff like this is like i don't mind uh for me having a fan base behind a player rather than the organization is something that's very reassuring for players in general because mm -hmm. i feel like if a player doesn't feel pressured towards playing on a team they're going to just be their own player and i think that's something that a lot of teams actually don't have mm -hmm. like a lot of players are built on the team that they're on. I'm an example, right? Like, I'm built on the fact that I'm like, a fanatic yeah, player. you're fanatic right? Whippo. That's exactly. what people think of you as, yeah. Whereas like Adam, for example, like he has this huge fan base from Cape Corp. And if he joins the LEC, which is honestly quite likely, uh, I think he's performed pretty well and it's looking promising. Obviously the whole lineup played very well in the U Masters, but I'm using Adam as an example because it's the most obvious to me. Like I yeah. feel like he has the most amount of fans that are like, really are trying to push him to go to the LEC. And I think that's really awesome because it means that he has his own brand that he can like carry over to a team and then He's representing a team rather than being the team. Mm. And for all the investigative journalists out there, you can clip just the fact that he said Fanatic Adam. Combine that together with the other clips that you've made so far. Cut it all out together. <laughs> stick it together. Wrap your tinfoil up into a general hat shape and put it on and continue. And then Reddit thread. <laughs> Straight to Reddit. Nice. <laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, I mean, if you just look at EU uh, Masters in general, it's just a talent factory, right? I yeah, mean, you look at sure. the, the team that just won the LEC, mm -hmm. uh, Karzi. Uh, Kaiser, El Yoya, all these players were in EU Masters at one point. If not, yeah. they won it or they're in the group stage. Even El Yoya went last year in EU Masters. He was knocked out in groups, right? So there's a lot of talent to scout from, not just the finals. So I wouldn't be surprised to see lots of players from EU Masters get picked up, be subs, go to academy teams, maybe get starting lineups. Uh, so yeah, that's really cool. That's the hope. I will say to the fans saying, do K Corp deserve the other MSI slot? I think that's like a little... What a little premature. I think they're supposed Get to go through in. LEC first. Like, let's uh, maybe we just ask for two LEC MSI slots. Maybe that's what we want. Yeah. Just saying a little bit better and get Rogue <laughs> there too first. But I, I like where your head's at. I like that you're asking for more uh, EU Masters and K Corp fans. So, coming up this week, we're going to do a tier list of all of the teams competing in MSI. We got matchup previews for the first round robin, some of our favorite matchups we want to talk more about. Um, originally, we were going to have an interview with a special guest, but our special guest can just be here for the entire podcast. So God bless Whippo. He's here the entire time. How nice is that? Um, we're also going to be answering. We asked and you guys gave us a ton of really great Twitter questions. So we'll be kind of answering a lot of them throughout the entire podcast. Um, but first, I want to do a quick format recap because a lot of people seem really confused about new MSI. So if you mm. guys know this, kind of bear with me. But one um, such Twitter question was uh, Miksu at Miksu, comma, Miksu, comma. Um, how do you expect the second group stage to go as we could seemingly end up with a group with first seed teams from the original groups and could get a group like he basically goes on to explain this like really like crazy group scenario for a format that is not our format. So this made it very clear to me that like it's worth explaining. So essentially, if you have watched MSI before, round two and round three are the same. So bracket stage, the final start of the tournament, exactly the same. Top four, second group stage, top six double best one round robin. The only thing difference is play-ins is now essentially different. So play-ins now includes all the major teams. That's the three groups that you see. Top two from each group will make it through and form that six team round robin. So you're essentially getting two group stage. You're getting a split group stage, kind of like what you'd get at Worlds with these smaller groups into the normal six team group stage. So there's some positives and there's some negatives to the format, but don't overthink it. The essential TLDR is you start getting to see the Danwans and the RNGs a little sooner. Mm -hmm. 
And sadly, for a lot of the smaller region teams, you're also going to get knocked out uh, and have your dreams crushed maybe also a little bit sooner. You're yep. not going to get as many opportunities to compete against the other smaller regions. You're going to get a lot. You're going to get a few more opportunities to compete against the Dan Wands of the world, whether you're excited about that or you'd prefer to have more time competing against um, some of the other smaller regions. I don't know. That's going to be dependent from team to team. Mm-hmm. That said, I think it's uh, a good time to to talk about tier lists, to talk about who we expect to be the favorites of the team. Obviously, people are going to have a pretty clear top four. I think what order is going to be very subjective, but there are 11 teams competing, sadly, since uh, Vietnam is unable to attend, down from 12. So uh, if we start with Group A, this one's interesting, gentlemen. This one's interesting. It feels pretty clear cut to me, but I would love to know. Um, we're going to rank the teams for the record as I kind of run back and forth here. S to D. Think of S as like your tournament favorite. Probably mm-hmm. one team. Maybe you guys want to put two here, but I'd say let's try to keep one. A are contenders for the title. B are like, yeah, they're probably making top four. C is pretty yeah. good. Maybe they make it into the next round. Yeah. And D is like, all right, guys, I'm sorry, but no hope. Now, that is not taking, of course, into account group assignments, although that will certainly affect things. Mm-hmm. So starting with Group A. We have none other than Pentanet GG from the former OPL, now the LCO, I believe. The RNG, obviously, from LPL, and Unicorns of Love from the LCL. So starting with Pentanet GG, we have a question from uh, a fan of Pentanet GG. You may have heard of him, at Pabu 2022. Or 22. Oh, yeah, he's the biggest fan, I think. Jackson Pavone. <laughs> if I pronounce your name wrong, Pabu, I'm sorry. Uh, how many games is PGG dropping? I, Guys, is it grim? For the LCO, is it grim for Oceania and Australia? I, I, I think a lot of people want to drop this team straight to the bottom, but I got to know how you guys are feeling about this, uh, the Pentanet GG. I think their group is pretty tough. Uh, three teams, obviously, because VCS isn't there. Uh, top two make it out. For me, I think the two teams who make it out will be RNG and UOL. So I think it's rough for Pentanet. I think that obviously RNG is the toughest opponent in that group. UOL, I think, will also be a tough opponent from the LCL. Um, but I, I don't know how many games they're going to win. Maybe they can take a game or two, but I don't think they're going to make it out of this group. I mean, if there's any chance they have to make it out of the group, it's this one, right? Like, they only have to beat one team twice, realistically. Mm. And that means that if they can take one game, you have a chance at tiebreaker, most likely. Because then, like, I look at the, these groups this way, right? RNG is going 4 0, right? Or is it double round robin? Or is it single round? I robin? actually, so it's, it is double round robin, but okay. I don't know how they have adjusted. I'll, I'll check right now. I, I don't think, know if they've adjusted this. It is double round it's robin all, for every other group. I don't know if they've adjusted the schedule for, okay. for, for the fact eight. that it's That's only possible. three teams. Mm-hmm. So I'll check that right now. But yeah, continue assuming it's double round robin for everyone else. It's basically in every single groups that I've played, right? It's always been like you've got the top one and top, like maybe top two teams. Mm-hmm. And the way you always have to calculate things is like, realistically speaking, every team is going to go zero two against this team. Right, and yeah. in this case, is RNG. Realistically speaking, yep. both teams are going zero two against RNG. Zero three, because it appears it is a triple round robin. So they're going to play go. the first round robin. So it gets uh, six games anyway. Six games. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I think every every team gets six games in the end anyway, which makes sense. But point I'm trying to make here is that they'll go zero three, really, like twice zero three. So yeah. basically, the way you have to look at things is who can you beat, and how do you prepare for that? Which means that both the um, Oceania, uh, both Pentanet and UOL will be really focused on preparing for them specifically. And then it's a matter of how deep can they go. And um, historically, I think UOL has always been able to dig a a little deeper when it comes to preparation and bringing new things. Um, So I'm going to have to give it to UOL. But like I mentioned, you have a lot of time to prepare for just one team and you're basically playing a best of five against them. Mm. So it'll be really interesting. 
Yeah, no, I think that's right, though. Like, it's all going to come down to prep. And I think Whippo's right where they're going to invest more time in facing off against each other because realistically taking down RNG is going to be the toughest task of them all. Yes, there's a world they could get upset. I mean, we saw it historically, even at Worlds, where it's like EDG suddenly loses to like the Brazilian region or things like this, or Kaboom comes along mm -hmm. and gets an upset. So upsets are on the cards. They're very unlikely. But it's definitely going to be a, a duke off between UOL and um, and Pentanet. Yeah, I think it's completely fair. Now the question is, as we as we look more holistically across the tournament, when it comes to comparing these teams outside of the context of groups, where do you think Pentanet stands up? Because historically, the OPL, at least LC, obviously a little different. A lot of those players are now um, getting imported into to the LCS. Did okay, never great. Usually never made it very far. Rarely made it to the best of fives. They did okay. Is this a team that you would put in? in a C tier above the bottom of the barrel? Or do you think right now with the state of LCO, um, are this, is this one of, the, one of the weakest regions that we have internationally right now? I think something that you could attribute to the region being weak is just like NA is taking all their players, yeah, for sure. which kind of sucks, right? But I think that this team is not, not bad. I mean, obviously if they had uh, the representatives from LCS, they could use in, in their own region perhaps, and they'd have like stronger players like Rio, you know, FBI, they have actually got decent players in the LCS, but obviously they had to do with what they got. I think for me personally, uh, this is one of the bottom tier teams in uh, in the tournament. I would personally put them in D tier. Um, I don't think they're going to other groups. I think they can maybe look for an upset. If they upset RNG, then props to them. I'm going to set expectations low for myself, but I don't have high hopes for this team in general. I think thing. totally reasonable. I think they've always been bottom of the barrel. Like I don't think they've ever really struck. Like have they ever reached groups? No, not as far. Well, actually, it's possible. No, I don't think so. I don't, I'm pretty sure they haven't, um, which to me just indicates that in order to get out of D-tier, they're going to have to prove me wrong. And uh, that's a fat D-tier for me. What, what I will say is they did dominate the LCO in a sense, right? And I think that it all comes down to the, the man who asked the question, Pabu. I think Pabu Put was... Put it on Pabu. Pabu was the early game king. I think he played like... I can't remember the exact number of champions that that guy played in in, in the LCO. He played a ton. He probably played Viego. He Viego was enabled. He was able to play Viego. He's the only man. He's, he's played Viego. Yeah, he was smurfing as well. And I think that although the playoffs was a little bit shaky, I think that he had a champion ocean. He's like the driving force for me behind that team. Yeah. I think if anyone is going to know someone on Pentanet, it's probably Pabu. I think he's like the, the star player on that team. You'd look 1v1. At. The one v one mastermind. So if he can maybe, I put him in the dirt. I know you did. That's right, you did. Because EU does it better, baby. One v one champion, reigning all star. One v one champion. Beat Uzi. Ooh. Beat Uzi so bad he left RNG. Ooh. Bam, bam. There it is. Storyline. Boom. Ooh. Reddit. Bam. Narrative. Let's go. Tinfoil hats. Uh, to LPL. Uh, anyway, <laughs> to get on the point, what is interesting about. Um, Pablo being the main player. Now, I'm not sure how... Uh, I'm not even sure who's on uh, UL as the current jungler. Um, Ananasik. Ananasik is Oh, still. he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yep. The, the interesting thing about this is you mentioned like Pablo's dominating early games as the jungler. LPL, those junglers do not mess around early game. <laughs> they will steal yeah. your lunch money and make you feel bad about it. Which means... It's your fault for not having more lunch money in your exactly. pocket. <laughs> Which means... Depending on how hard they get crushed and how adaptable they are, if their junglers can learn from these players, learn yeah. from RNG, and they can adapt to what they're doing, perhaps this will help them like step up and actually make it out of groups or like at least compete against each other. Because to me, at least, like, this is what I'm seeing like be the difference maker. Like Pablo gets crushed by RNG, gets absolutely dominated in the jungle, but then he copies what happened to him. Mm. Same thing goes for Anonisic. I can't, pronou I yeah, can't yeah, really yeah. pronounce his name. <laughs> um, Oh, it's just Ananasic? Okay. That's no, there's easy. there's a different intonation on the last nub, oh. but we messed that one up. So we just, I think we're speed running it for today and we're calling him Ananasic. Okay. Sweet. Either way. Um, Pineapple. Pineapple. Alternatively. Depending on how hard the junglers get crushed, I think 
being able to learn from RNG, being able to learn from the players in all lanes will be a huge boon to them. And scrims as well, right? They can scrim against these sure, top yeah. tier teams in Iceland. Maybe even some of the EU teams that might be scrimming some of the MSI teams. They can learn something. Yeah. Maybe the academy teams or a trial teams. Anything like this could help them, I think. Yeah. Well, and that ramp up is obviously something that we'll keep an eye on. But for now, I think PGG in 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 D tier. And I think rightfully so. And obviously, if they do get out, if they do knock it up over UOL, like that's massive. But I'm not going to feel bad not having put them in a higher tier because I do think it would be a monumental achievement for them to make it out of this. Yeah, it's on them to get out. How is our tier list working in a sense, Rekos? Are we going to have like each of us have an opinion and then it's separate tier lists or are we going to come to a unanimous decision? I think we're generally coming to a decision. We got three people here. So in theory, we have the perfect tiebreaker democracy. Okay, tiebreaker democracy. (laughs) Yeah, because if it's just me and you, it's like, well, no, I, I think they're better. I, I, I was like, oh, better. yeah, I just, well, I don't want to, I don't want to have Twitter to tie break our tier list. You know, that's like, that's a little too no, much. That's um, true. I'd love to do the next two pretty quickly um, because I think that we're going to get a chance to preview a lot of these teams more when we yep. look ahead to the matchups. So, you will well. Now, when we look at the way that I see, like, the, you know, we have the S, the A, the B, and the C. The D tier is like never making it out. The C tier is like usually pretty solid, pretty competitive. The B tier is like for sure going to groups. A top four, S is like probably the expected tournament champion. So with that, Unicorns in Love, is this is this a, a B-tier team? Now, keep in mind, we expect them to make it out of groups. They are most likely making it out of this groups. But I just mean overall, even if they were in, let's say, a less favorable group, would you put UOL B-tier? Would you put them C-tier? What do you think of DLCL? What do you think of Unicorns of Love? It's hard because it's between B and C. Um, and I think this team has kept a lot of the players that we saw last year. You have yeah. like no man's, right? Yeah, you Gadget, Gadget obviously you playing have, EU Masters, but um, otherwise, yeah, mostly. Uh, yeah, mostly. mostly the same and they have, then they have 280 carries now. I know they have Frappy, but then Frappy was, even though Frappy's win rate in the in the LC, I think it's like 10 and 2 or 10 and 1, really high win rate. The problem that they had with him was they had communication issues because they speak in Russian. Frappy didn't speak Russian. That's why they brought in Lodic. So the 80 carry has been a bit up and down for them ever since Gadget left. But I think they've kept the core players, Boss and Anasik, no man's. They still got those kind of uh, power, power players that they had from last year. Um, and they did make it to the group stage, I believe, last year as well in yeah. Worlds. So internationally, this team has been to a lot of international events together. They've been on the same roster for a long time. And I think we'll see a similar sort of performance. It's a toss-up for me between C and B tier. I would lean towards C to myself. B tier for me is like they're going to get out of groups, and maybe they can actually do well. I think they'll get out of the gr- get out of this part of the groups into the group stage too. I'm not sure how they perform in top six though. What's your? I think getting out of group seems we're all on the same page there. But but what's your what's your read on the LCL? Because I think we've seen certain regions definitely just rise above the others when it comes to planes pretty consistently. I think LCL has been one of them. Hundred percent. I think LCL's performance internationally has been pretty much top of the wildcard regions. They have been one of the best wildcard regions since well ever. Yeah. And I think that um, putting them in B tier is reasonable. But again. Um, I agree in the idea that B tier would have to make a splash, and I'm not sure if they'll actually be able to make a splash. That said, uh, I think they immediately jump to B tier if they actually take a game of RNG. Oh, yeah. If they take a game of RNG, I would give them B, 100%. But at the same time, I feel like taking a game of RNG is is, is a very tall ask. I also just think the struggle that we're going to run into looking ahead is that I think that there are teams that are better than the you know then <laughs> then the lco teams of the world sorry pendant sorry pop who don't want to use, mm. use a punching bag <laughs> that are not guaranteed to get into groups like i think there is some delineation there it's not just to me it's not just the wild card regions that can get out of groups and the wild cards that can't there is like this middle ground so i'm mm-hmm. i'm inclined to put them b i think the struggle here is is that at worlds when they're playing against you know third seed teams from a lot of the major regions they do look very competitive but the, the unfortunate aspect of msi is that you are just playing against the best, the best. of the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I believe this is a team that could take 
games off a third seed from from any major region. They've proven it before. They've they've done so much like as a, as a region, yeah. the, the CIS, LCO. But when you're only against the the creme de la creme, and even if it is spring split and teams aren't quite as going as crazy, um, I think it's really hard. But I'm I'm actually inclined to say B, just because I think that there are some. I think in the future. For example, a little bit of spoiler ahead, like Infinity Esports does not belong in D tier to me. Latin America has done well, but they also, but if I'm put, I cannot in good confidence also put Infinity in the same tier as. Um, you say they can beat third seed teams, UOL, but in their group at Worlds last year, they were with top esports DRX and FlyQuest, and they went 0 6. And they lost to FlyQuest 2 0. So to me, in group stage, I feel like they've fallen okay, out a right, little you're bit. Right, you're right. So I feel like UOL is a C plus or a B minus to me. I feel like I agree with the B minus. I, I just, think uh, I think they're on the borderline of both. Like I think Whippo said, if they take a game off RNG, boom, B tier. I agree. Right, then I say then we put them C because that's not enough confidence for me to put them above. And if we end up with a weird uh, C tier, you will. Because I I want if we're putting them in okay. a higher tier, I want it to be confident. All okay. Right. Last, this is RNG. Now I think generally, RNG is one of the big bads at this tournament. We know it. It's alongside Dan Juan. Everyone knows it. I don't. I, if you want to buck the trend, speak up now. I, I'm all for the controversy. I think there's a lot takes. of controversy. It's like FPX should be at MSI, you know, and then they bombed out against RNG. They completely like into the finals. Sounds but... a lot like a salty rogue fan to me. <laughs> okay. But I think RNG is S tier for me. S tier. I mean, yeah, if you can share it with Damwon, then share I, it. I don't think, S-tier. no, I think I want one, boys. I okay, want okay, one. no, you can I have it. One. This is all about democracy, guys. I I'm all for the I want one S tier. So if you uh, want to put him there now, no, we can we can have the Damwon versus RNG discussion They're later. not S tier for me. I mean, I would give it to Damwon just based on the matchup and what I saw from the finals from both regions. Like, to me, when I saw RNG play, um, I felt like they were much more focused on neutralizing FPX and then punishing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I actually think is Damwon's forte. Like, this is what Damon wants to do. They pick the Scion. Like, half the split, I think, can't probably play, like, 25 Scion games. And they're playing, like, Scion, Graves, Oriana, and just, like, farming up and then just end your game. Mm. And I feel like uh, RNG might not have enough firepower to, like, really break through that wall. Which is why I think Damon is going to be the better team, because I give them the advantage in that type of playstyle. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they're going to be, like, on even footing, right? They're both yeah. going to play that style, and they're both going to be able to enter the mid-game. And play a game of League of Legends from that point onwards. But enough about that one in RNG. Um, I think when it comes to this group, uh, the initial group, um, I think if RNG doesn't go 6-0, they will likely have to swim home. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they just get one. I think the LPL, like, the LPL fans are always like, all right, you can have one heavy game. It's, we'll give you one, you know? Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, after what like, I saw, like, it was LDG, right? Like, they just, they... LGD or L- LGD with peanuts, right? I remember yeah, they, they were getting a lot of flack from the Chinese like, fans. It was that, crazy. Some of that shit was beyond. Like some of that shit was actually disgusting. By the way, like that's I, I I'm fine disturbing. with salty fandom, but some yeah, some people take it way too far. So well, yeah, for let's hope but for RNG. I think their best player is Ming. One hundred percent. Their bot lane is their best player. You saw it in the FPX series. And Xiaohu, yeah. the, the way that the series worked was like Xiaohu was like this Lucian Jason R player, and all of a sudden they kept blind picking the Jace first with AD, and then they went for like the Gragas, right? They went for more of like a weak side as mm-hmm. play. They knew their bot lane was winning the series. The adaptation was good i think that they do have weaknesses right i think that they don't have the strongest like solo laners you could argue versus a team yeah. like damon or maybe even jungle way i think he's a good jungler but then you have canyon on the opposite side who's the best jungle in the world in my eyes but i think that their support's really good i think that ming's really good at moving around the map with way and going top side getting shao ahead on these carries if they need to play that but for me i can understand why you want, would want to put them in i guess a tier as a team because if, t- if i can't share s tier i would mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah because again yeah. i also think rng is the only team that would contest on one realistically yeah. speaking in a best of five now best of one there's room there but in the best of five i think mm-hmm. uh, if we're going to get more than four games uh, it would be rng on one yeah and i think yeah. s tier is like they're probably going to win the tournament 
Yeah, so S tier to me is just like the clear favorite. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think to me the Dam one is the clear favorite. And I don't so, think yeah. people were surprised to hear that this is the debate, right? I think that I'm I'm excited to see how the West does, but I would say that I am not I'm not super optimistic. I'm not pessimistic. I'm hoping for good results, but uh, I'm not not feeling super optimistic this particular I mean, time. Honestly, around. I actually feel pretty optimistic about um, West region taking games because I think in general, and I don't know how the meta's changed, but at least when it came to this like Volibear, Udyr meta, you know, Hecarim's running around, teamfight execution was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have to rely on teamfight execution to get wins, you need like a ridiculous amount of discipline in order to not take the bad fights, which is why Damwon is my S tier. Yeah. Because ultimately they have like, from what I've seen, crazy discipline on this. Yeah. But other teams like RNG, not so much. Well, and it's really cool that you say that because it's actually because reviewing a lot of these teams going in, there are a ton of teams that have made it here that do not have crazy clean early games that all like just team fought their way to get here. And the, the, if we go to the next group, so recap, A, RNG right now, C-U-O-L, D-P-S-G. That is group A taken care of. We're going into group B now. This is the Istanbul Wildcats from the TCL, Mad Lions from the LEC, Pain Gaming from CP Law, and PSG Town from the PCS. Um, Mad Lions is one of those teams who did have to team fight their way to victory. Like that's part of the reason that they beat Rogue. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here. So handily, mm-hmm. they were just when it push came to shove, especially in Game Five, they were just better at team fighting in those clutch scenarios. So that, I, how optimistic are we about Mad Lions, boys? That's my question. How are we feeling about about our boys? Because I want to feel good. And don't forget, no matter what we say here, you cheer, you cheer <laughs> for the LEC. We, LEC fans, if you're an international fan, you can cheer for whoever you want. That's fine. But if you watch the LEC, if you're an LEC fan, we cheer until they are out. We support our boys. Well, we are reigning champions, so with that in mind, I think it should be a little bit <laughs> of a confidence boost. Yeah. Um, Wait, remember, the, the, was it the MSI or World, yeah, Worlds, where it was like Promiscue was holding the MSI trophy <laughs> against SKT in the same oh, no, finals he or something. Bought, he pulled out the, the medallion that he got from winning MSI. <laughs> we need to get him there with the trophies or something. <laughs> Huge mental. Realistically speaking, though, for me, what's most interesting about the Mad Lions is their uh, decisiveness. And I think this is a really underrated aspect about teams and players in general. Mm-hmm. Because, again... A team like Damon might give you a window. Question is, are you going to take it? Mm. Mad Lions will take it. Now, whether the window was left open on purpose or it wasn't is something that we're going to have to see uh, when we actually play the game. Now, they're not going to face Damon um, that early, but yeah. uh, even looking at the teams in their groups, even looking at the teams in general, um, looking at the MSI, I think team fights will be hugely important for every single team, and having players that will take these opportunities is going to be a huge factor in the clutch moments mm. yeah. yeah i agree and i think that people when they look at this group they look at psg uh who actually took down rogue at worlds they look at mad lions who lost the supermassive uh, or fennet batches was it super i think it was supermassive at the worlds last year when they lost in the five game series but i think this is a different mad lions although the group might look difficult on paper because of the regions they're against historically uh, this is much different mad lions they won the split i think Bip was right i think this is a team which can clutch it and i think that their lanes might not be the strongest right we've seen karzy kaiser really inconsistent humanoid getting caught out or solo killed randomly armwoods relying on these niche picks to actually start getting more impact in the games but i think that even against rogue you can see their mental the reverse sweep it all came down to fights and i think the meta will be about team fights so i think mad Lions should fit pretty nicely in this tournament um i would put them for myself in a tier a tier alongside rng I mean, uh, RNG is definitely an A plus as minus. If I could, yeah, actually, I, I agree with that. I mean, the thing for me is th- like, they're a step above, in my opinion, because again, I do think Mad Lions uh, rely on some of their crutches. Like they have obvious weaknesses. Like it's really easy to tell. Like for example, Armut, even though he is relying on these picks, like Wukong, for example, the amount of help he needed to even just start going even against Karma is like it shows that um, 
if he's not getting that help because Humanoid and El Yoya are getting crushed, that pick is never going to work. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm i inclined also to put these teams B tier because I do think RNG is a cut above and then Dan one even feels like a cut above that. And it's like, it's different definitely if we could, sh- if, if, if I thought that we could share S tier, right? Then I feel comfortable putting a Cloud9 and Mad probably in that, that A tier. But I think that in this point, especially with UOL and C, it's like Mad are a tier above, but they're not like, they're not that crazy far above. And they're def- certainly not, I don't think that they're on even, if you want to get it into the A pluses, the C minus, yes, maybe <laughs> RNG is an A and, and you know, and MAD is an A minus. But I think because of the five tiers that we have, I think MAD has to be, in my eyes, B tier. Okay. I mean, uh, my only argument against this is if you're looking at like this, it's like this S tier tournament favorites and then A tier will be your top three next to them because they will go to the best of five series. Then you can put them in A tier because I do think MAD lines will be top four. Um, with that in mind, um, you could also make the opposite argument where it's like you're looking at head to head. Yeah, they're definitely B compared to uh, an A from RNG. Mm. Yeah, and I think the thing for me is it's like S to me is is like our pre-tournament favorites. These are the guys who are expected to win. A is the team. I think everyone knows who our S tier yeah, team yeah, is yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. No Dan one. We're gonna here. get there. We'll get there, and we'll talk more about Dan <laughs> when we get there. But I, and I think for me, it's like A is is like this is the person I would expect to meet them in the final, or if they don't meet them, this is the team that going into the tournament I expect can contest S tier, and that to me feels solely like RNG. Now, if Mad ends up against Damwon and then beats Damwon. Awesome. Greatest shit I've ever seen. As an EU fan, I'll I be see what thrilled. You're doing, I will be thrilled. But do I think it's realistic right now based on what we've seen? Like, no. I, I would say RNG doing. is the front runner to beat Damwon. You're putting the expectations just a little bit lower so that they may do win. You're like, yes, you can get like even more dopamine out of it. Yes. I respect it. Sand, okay. I sand I that's low, sandbag the expectations. Yeah. And then okay, I'm down for B tier. You down for B tier? I think B tier makes sense. Okay. Again, the only argument that you would make is that A, if you consider A tier to be top four, which yeah, I consider That's B to be right. top four and A is like who's losing in the finals, I guess. <laughs> so it's S is number one, uh, A is number two, and B is yeah, using like the maybe, three, four, fives. Uh, well, tell us if we should have better tier list metrics. This is on me, by the way, if this tier list is trash because I, I put this whole concept together. <laughs> um, I do want to just quickly, like, let's hit the other teams. Um, Mad Lions, are, we already talked about from the LSE Istanbul, Wildcats from the TCL, Pain Gaming from CB Law, PSG Talent from the PCS. I think the other frontrunner to make it out of this group is and you guys have pretty much already said it but it is talon i think this is a team that was pretty good and unfortunately they have again had this substitution with doggo out for unified but also maple was back on this team and maple is a goddamn good league of legends player he is yeah he definitely is i mean i think he's been so many that international events as well he's been around for a long time he joined last year and i think they've they've got river as well who i think is a really good jungler they've still got a lot of the pieces that they had last year at worlds like hanabi and stuff like this and unified sucks that they can't play with their ad carry um but yeah, that's some. I think he has some lung problems, uh, some breathing issues. They still got Kaiwing as well. Unified Kaiwing, I think they've been a bot lane together for like the last three or four years. So it kind of sucks that they're split up again for this Worlds, uh, for this MSI. Sorry, uh, but I think this is the, definitely like a almost like a B tier team as well to me. I feel like this this is a front runner to get out of the group. They beat Rogue last year as well, so yeah. uh, that's also something. <laughs> How do you feel? I mean. Uh, if B tier is top four, then Actually, I wouldn't no, put C-tier. them in B. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't put C-tier. them in B because top four is top four. But um, honestly, I think we have to revise our tier list here because I think some teams might have to drop the D tier um, with how. Oh, okay. The you're top saying how it going. Well, I mean, the thing is, is the team you think can fight for top four, right? Yeah, that's but, the thing to me because yeah, like, I that's... can end up with five teams mm. in the in the top three tiers, and I'm fine with that. Okay. Because so this is a question that we have from at Primesta, at Primesta, Nicholas. I'm not sure how I pronounce your Twitter handle there, but uh, outside of the 
The four big teams, C9, Matt, RNG, and DK, which team do you think has the biggest dark horse that could potentially go further than most would expect? I don't know if it's fair to call them a dark horse because I think there are a lot of people that do have expectations, but the fifth team in this otherwise what feels to be very clear top, top, top four, four tournament is PSG. Is, is PSG no Strength doubt. with UOL, I think. Fifth, six, PSG, no, UOL. I, I think I'm close. sorry. I think PSG are on another level. Like T- okay. TCL is normally the other region that I would put along the LCL to be um, strong. But you have to remember that the PCS is essentially like is the LMS and the LMS is always was a was a big contender and obviously a lot of those players have left a lot of those players are playing in the LPL now but I think that like based on historic achievements and based also and I'm I'm gonna call it out now I'm a big Maple fanboy so I'm maybe I'm rose tinted glasses maybe him dominating domestic competitions so is PSG too much. C tier for you then I PSG is I would put PSG B I would consider PSG B or if we want to do the Whipple adjustment and then we could put PSG as the sole C tier team and then demote everyone else to D tier. So if we put PSG in C tier, you want to put UOL in D tier? Everyone else has to go down. I think that's too. Dis- I, don't, I, don't th- I don't like that. <laughs> no, I, I think, mean, I think I look, UOL is, is not that bad. The way your tier is working is like it's S tier is they're going to win, A tier is going to contest S tier, and then B tier would contest top four. Um, I think they can contest top four. You think PSG can contest top four? I, I mean, the thing is, last maybe time, that's wrong. my maybe. last time aside, well, right. LMS was number one in the group. They were number one in the group. They were the team to beat. Yo, that face. Oh, that smug face. So, <laughs> um, what do you guys say to that, Cadrell? I, I wouldn't bet when, when you were at MSI, where, where did LMS place, Cadrell? <laughs> Why? It's, it's, I swear to God, it's like ingrained in you as an LEC fan to take shots at Cadrell. I'm sorry, dude. You don't deserve that. Point being, point I'm trying to make here is that, honestly, I, I can put them in, in beat here next to Mad Lions. Okay. Uh, I think Let's it's reasonable. I think they can compete. Definitely in a best of one format. Fine. If you're going to have the double round robin in the second group stage i think that there's where uh they can make some surprises happen assuming they may make it out of the first group but i think that's reasonable you win this one dracos oh my god thank you okay we'll put psg and b tier then um yeah i think the team's really strong i'm of the opinion that i think uol is actually quite closely matched with psg i think you seem to have a different opinion where psg is just a cut above but we'll we'll leave it at that i like like i think i could i could definitely be wrong here i think this is this is the thing about international tournaments pretty much always is that you look a little bit at historic results and you can look a little bit about domestic play and you can always get a general sense of the level of the region. Uh-huh. But a lot of the things that we see domestically in finals and playoffs are just not going to matter because sometimes someone just gets skill gapped in lane and they literally can't play League of Legends mm. anymore. You know what I mean? What's interesting about this is that um, I feel like at least in the jungle, it's very hard to get skill gapped in the jungle. Um, which saying means it's an that, easy role. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that it's actually like it's simple. Yeah. You know, full clearing full into, clear into base, making clear. a play. Yeah, it, it's not necessarily something that's that difficult to do. And again, if these, uh, if some of these junglers are getting creative and getting punished by doing this, uh, you might see some, you know, some skill gaps in the jungle. But at least that's one role where I feel like it, it's very hard to go wrong. You know, you draft mm. yourself an Uder, uh or a Hecarim. I don't know. Has Hecarim been nerfed on the Hecarim's been ner- I think oh, Hecarim's yes. out. Obliterated. Chemtank okay. is also probably out. Yes. So... I mean, I think Udyr is still perfectly Udyr's fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can always draft him and just like f- farm some camps, but it'll be interesting to see how the meta evolves because for me at least, um, if it's still going to be this full clear meta, I actually think best of ones are going to be pretty mm. up in the air. Yeah, and I think slightly off topic, we add just a little touch on it. I think the meta will change a lot, especially with jungle. We're going to get Udyr, we're going to get Diana, Morgana, Rumble. We're going to get more AP junglers, exactly. which could lead to more AD mids. That's why we're seeing Lee yeah. in solo lane. We see, we'll see Set solo lane as well. I think. It, perhaps. I think. I think Set's hundred percent going to see play. Tristana. I think what's super interesting about jungle is like if you're going to go into this Kindred Graves, perhaps like again, you see Kindred Graves will show up. 
you see Kindred, like other champions like Lee Sin might show up as flexes. Uh, I think in general, if jungle tends to be more of a scaling role, we're going to see like huge jungle gaps again, which yeah. is something well, that we haven't really seen we, in a while. We're going to see like the Udyrs, we're going to see the AP junglers, the AD mids, and it's also something that we might see is maybe a Lulu solo lane or a Kama solo lane with a Xin Zhao Kindred jungle, which I think would be really cool too. I'm I'm actually, I'm so ready for this meta because Chemtank playoffs is really boring. Like, it was exceptionally boring. Like, go, like, Vol <laughs> Vola Bear Jungle was the most interesting thing to happen in our playoffs. It in terms was. Of meta, Sadly, it was. So or a Lilia doing, like, Red Raptors to enemy Raptors. Oh, oh the pathing's changed! Yeah, and obviously, like, with, with Chemtang, not 100% gutted, but significantly taken down. And a lot of the other, like, the solo queue hot picks, whether it's the Rumble, the Diana, the Morgana, even mm -hmm. the Morgana and Rumble were super buffed on 11-8, uh, 11-9. They were taken down a bit. They're still really powerful. So I think meta is going to be completely different. And there yeah. are going to be some teams teams and some situations where a better read on the meta or some crazy pick is going to win you games which frankly i love and the last last thing i want to say on the meta thing is a lot of people keep asking are we going to see lee sin solo in an msi i think we will i think we'll see lee sin mid i think we might see lee sin top i think it could be there um what, what, quick thoughts on lee sin top because you would you would be the most qualified i think to i mean i think lee sin has all the qualities of being a strong top laner i think that ultimately him being a flex pick is always going to leverage something which means that like you're looking for an AD champion, you, you don't know what to pick on for, just slam Lee Sin, your top lane matchup is unplayable, flex it into the jungle and play mm. the game. Again, yeah. uh, I think what's most interesting about the meta for me is like Udyr is the only, like he's like the fossil, he, he survived the full clear meta, <laughs> yeah, you know, oh he's God. still around. Which I fully imagine seeing teams that want to skill skill check the junglers, yeah. banning Udyr straight away and just being like, all right, I'm slamming Diana, I'm slamming Kindred, what are you picking? Mm. And that's going to be super exciting for me to see because I think that this will have a huge impact on the performance of a team like Damwon yeah, with Canyon on a team like El Yo uh, or Mad Lions with El Yoya. Like, he is a very good carry player. The question is, how comfortable is he oh. to put yeah. it on, you know? Yeah, and get yeah, it yeah. going on stage. We, we could be seeing like Lee in top, Rumble jungle, Morgana jungle versus Rumble, Diana in a also, set top. It's going to be, I, I can't wait. Please, please, I am, kind of meta. I am, uh, I'm, we're getting off topic, but I'm just going to say I'm so excited for Elio versus Canyon because he has talked so much about how he thinks Canyon is the best in the world, how we all have so much to learn. So I'm excited to see how he levels up and get to see if we continue the Elio from nothing to rookie the split to champion to yeah. MSI content. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. And to bring it back, Mad Lions PSG top two in this group. Yep. So we're guessing Istanbul Wildcats and Pain Gaming probably third, fourth, probably not going to make it out. I think, yeah, I think historically, I think the TCL has obviously put up a lot of good comments and a lot of people will bring up the fact that they did also beat Mad. But I think that, again, this is a better Mad. And I Istanbul Wildcats, from what I've seen, don't look as strong as some of the previous year's contenders. Now, I'm very excited for this team. It's the first time in a long time that the TCL has sent an all-Turkish roster to an international event. You got the return of Holy Phoenix. For those of you who don't know, this guy's yep. a legend. He almost competed in, or almost qualified with Huma back in 2016 to EU uh, LCS. We might have been considering him. I else. was in that series against him. Ah, I you got were to sweeped by him. Oh, you were in the one <laughs> in before Copenhagen that. Moves, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, <clears throat> <clears throat> good history you have. Yeah, I mean, I think that this team... Um, they had to reverse sweep against Galatasaray in the in the semis, I think it was. The finals was pretty convincing. They have a lot of new names that people might not know, like Starscreen, perhaps, and Sarin Ferret. These are new names to the like national Saren. stage. I'm a big uh, but like I said, uh, the, the staples and veterans and Holy Phoenix. I think this team, for me, is going to be a D-tier team. I don't think they're going to make it out of groups. Mm, okay, because um, at this point, I was inclined to put TCLC, but that was mostly based on historic precedent. I don't mind putting mm. them D, but I one team I know for sure is going D is Pain Gaming. Sorry, oh. Pain Gaming. Sorry, Brazilian Wait, fans. we'll finish this. I, I think I agree with the Pain Gaming one, but D-tier is... <laughs> Definitely not going to make it out of groups. And now I think the only reason I want to put them in D tier and definitely not make it out of groups is because of how hard the group is to the sense where I think that PSG Talon and Mad Lions just but cut I think above. In a different group, 
Like if we put them in the RNG group, yeah. they'd for sure make it out, right? Or like they would fight. They would and, contest. Let's say they took a pen and net and you put it there. Okay. They would for sure contest. I, it I think out. C tier is all, is all going to be fine then, I think, yeah. It depends. Do you think UOL are head and shoulders better? I think is the question. Because hmm. if so, then I don't mind putting them in D tier. I do think that they're better than most of the D tier teams, but because we don't have an E tier, there's going to be maybe a little bit of buildup. Do you have a bottom. stance on this proposed to where you'd want to put them? I mean, I think both make sense. Uh, ultimately, I don't like in the best of one. I can see them contesting again. The, the meta will be very interesting to see, and I don't have that much knowledge on how. Uh, strong these players are on these niche picks because i think that that's actually going to play a huge part in a lot of these drafts like there's a new champion showing up rumble jungle diana jungle no one has ever played these champions jungle competitively consistently these are completely new junglers morgana is not something that has really seen play sure it's been niche it has been picked before i'm not saying it hasn't existed but the power level of your players on these niche picks like if you're a player diana jungle player that will force the enemy team to ban diana or lose the game that's a huge buff. And I think that with the fact that there's multiple of these champions coming into the meta, it's going to be very hard for me to judge which teams are C, B, D, because <laughs> ultimately, and I actually think it comes that, well, that's why, right? Because it's a best of one, you can't adapt. You can't be like, all right, we're, we're going to give them Diana. Let's say Diana's the strongest jungler, right? We're going to give them Diana and we're going to play, I don't know, uh, Morgana into it and we're yeah. going to farm. And then I it like turns C2. out this guy's a also monster on Diana and 1v9s and it's like, well... I guess we lost one best of all. Yeah, one. I think Bripo's right. There's so much, so many intricacies that you can't really measure. Um, and I think that I think I was wrong actually. I think C tier is a, is a fair statement for I think simple wildcats. I'm sweating for a lot of these junglers because when you review these teams, uh, depending on who you are, you watch. I watch a couple regular season games. I watch a series that they won, and I watch a series that they like struggled in. Right, and so. Given that Chemtank has been so popular for so long, without historic knowledge of a lot of these junglers, it's really hard to know. Because, like, for instance, Ferret is a guy who I thought played pretty well. He kind of griefed a little bit, but he always made good aggressive plays when it matters. Uh, and that's a good trait, and it makes a lot of sense when you play Hecarim jungle. What does that look like when you're actually the person who's carrying, not just the person who's engaging? Like, it's a, it's a very big question. So I think... Um, I think C is good. I think C is good, mostly based on, on historic have we Have we ever seen such a shift in a meta before when coming into international events? I mean, like 2015 this? is the clearest example, but that was, was like... That the, was that the Mordecai's? Yeah, it was like... Oh, okay. that, was just, that, was, that was bad. I mean, 2018 was pretty pretty extreme too, I think. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, it, it was bot lane mostly. Hello. <laughs> but in the jungle? Uh, in the jungle, not so much, I think. I think jungle like, really got like a shock almost, you know? Yeah. And the thing, the, the interesting about this, and this is why I'm mentioning Diana so often, is because I think she's the most similar to a Kemptang jungler. She clears farms up and then mm. she engages a team fight it's not like she's killing your whole team unless she has a lot of kills which in that case she can <laughs> uh, but the idea of diana is like she's very much the same in a play pattern she engages the team fight does as much damage as she can and drops dead and yeah. i think that's super similar to the chem tank junglers and a final final comment on some wildcats i was doing some research yesterday and just looking through some docs and a really interesting thing that i found especially as a jungler is ferret their jungler right on blue side he the, the plays that he makes at 15 on blue side 85 percent are on the bot side of the map okay then on red side it's completely even now that's over 27 games so 85 percent wow. on blue side playing bot side on red side completely even on both sides i thought that was really interesting so expect to play bot side well i mean holy Finks is a good player so excited to see if they can play through that yep. there's a lot of good bot in this tournament although honestly like with new with new meta mostly looking like jungle shit i i, 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 I don't know I could what's care less about bot line. i can't like, wait to see rumble ult lease in <laughs> flank you know like a morgana shield maybe a kindred ult coming in i don't know it's gonna be crazy um last team in this group is pain gaming from the cb law now cb law tenuous history obviously you brought up earlier the the revolta and uh, intz upset over uh, over EDG, which was hype. It was super, super cool to see. And and kaboom. 
And kaboom. Tin owns was on kaboom when they and kaboom he's coming the back. And now he's on this team. BRTT is coming back. And there's a lot of players that I am really excited for. But I think overall, the CB Law has not really historic, or at least in the last few years, been super competitive. And I just think that, I don't know. I just think uh, based on what I saw, a lot of um, kind of messy early games into fight, 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 fight through the mid game we talked earlier. Maybe that's the way that the game is going to be played. But yeah. I'm not a... Outside of some crazy meta action or some crazy picks, I initial prediction for me is putting pain gaming, and I'm hesitant there because I really, I don't want to piss think, you off, Brazilian fans. I just, I just but think I, they're deep here. Off. I'm, I'm here. I'm like a thank you. I'm like a Say proxy it. for it. <laughs> Honestly, like uh, I don't know. Uh, it's hard for me to put them in D tier because, like I said, like I can't really judge players uh, in the meta based on the fact that there's a lot of new champions going to see play. Is going to be a lot about preparation in my opinion and definitely and how strong these players are going to be on these new picks with that in mind i think putting them in detail is reasonable um but they've beat you before and but but i think a lot of brazilian fans actually might even agree to the sense that they they think pain games a weak team even when i was like talking to lots of people that the sentiment around pain gaming is there they are kind of like a weak team coming into this tournament they finished fifth in the regular season all of their playoff series went to five games apart from the finals uh, like you said, the early game from karaoke is actually, that's what their driving factor is. Mm-hmm. And I think Tinones is the statistical kind of standout in this team. You could see it in the, in the stats alone. He is like, almost like the carry. Uh, so I think the fan sentiment coming into it, there's a lot of memes around like um, Brazilian Jace that Brazilian fans are talking about. And oh, no. th- they think that Robo is like a weak link and stuff like this. But I think it is a D-tier team. I think that expectations are kind of low for this team. And if Brazilian fans want to hate me for saying this, then feel free. But the sentiment that I got from the general was like, they're not really going to be surprised if this team does underperform. Um, but yeah, not the strongest team coming into the into the tournament, but I think that they'll do pretty well. They'll, they'll, they'll do fine at, ho- at best. All right. Closing out, that's Group B. We got one more group to go through here. Uh, so S tier currently unoccupied. A, RNG. B is Mad slash PSG. C is UOL and uh, Istanbul Wildcats. D is Pentanet, GG, and Pain Gaming. Last group. It's a big one, although I do think we have two clear favorites once again. This is Group C, Cloud9, Detonation Focus Me. Oh, I love this group. Dan Wan Gaming Kia and Infinity esports i love this group c9 damn one <laughs> first game of the entire se- uh, entire tournament and me and drake also testing yeah, oh my god I'm so nice with that. um we're going to talk more about that specific matchup so i don't want to delve too much into that because that is one of our matchups to watch so we'll talk about it in the next section but do we want to do we want to start with dan one do we want to just get i want to start with denonation focus me hell yeah get in there because i'm a big i, I was a big driving factor behind well, not driving factor i had i was a big fan of uh, v3 coming into wells last year i thought the ljl looks pretty strong i'm gonna say it again maybe Vedis won't say it i think ljl it's looking good. I'm a really big fan of uh, Detonation Focus means mid-jungle, Arya and Steel. I've been watching a lot of Soloki games, and I think Arya is looking hot. His mechanics are crazy good. Um, and they dominated the LGL. They were like, they stomped the whole LGL season, and they looked like the best team by far. So I think this is also the most successful organization. Seven years, like the most successful team in LGL. I think this might be the one time where LGL has a chance. The problem is they're in a group with Damwon and Cloud9, so they're probably not going to make it out. But I still think they're like a C-tier team. You're griefing me. Why am I griefing and you? And this man has actually 1v9 a million solo queue games. No, I... When you watch the finals, there's like a 10% chance that any play will be responded to across the map. They just handshake on a play and they send a bunch of people there. Like, I, it doesn't... I love the LJL. I used to cast the LJL. I've watched Detonated Focus Me win it all. When a team wins all the time and never goes anywhere internationally... It's not good that they keep qualifying again, dude. 
I want, believe me, I want to believe in the LJL. Let me tell you I'm something. I'm sad that Saros is gone. I'm happy they've got a new mid laner who's competitive. I like DFM, but DFM and the LJL, just not if, a very strong If it was region. any other group, maybe they would have a chance. The problem is, I think there's no chance. They have literally group. made it to best of fives, I believe, once. I don't think they're going to make it again. But I like, I think I like the team. <laughs> I think they're good. The problem nice. is, is Cloud9 and Damwon in the group, so there's really no counterplay. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them beating, beating out. Here's the Rose. question. Here's the question. Okay, can we make something You're the tiebreaker. C or D tier for Detonation Focus Me. That's the question. I think it's... Uh, I mean... It's your call, bro. I, you can, I'm not going to judge you either way. It's solely your decision. Based on the way I see the tier list, they're D because they're not going to compete getting out of their group. Okay, fine. But they're C and like, I can see them being... Like, like I said, right, it's so hard for me to, to pinpoint these guys. Again, if the jungler is like a huge carry player, pops off good. on that, pops right. off on Kindred. Stealing, uh, it would be great if he wasn't matched against Canyon and Blabber, which yeah, are kind of known for doing the same Stricos, thing. How about this? How about this? If Detonation Focus Me take a game off Damwon or C9, you have to wax your legs. What are you putting on? Yeah, what are you putting on? If they don't, you <laughs> have to wax your legs. Oh, okay. Let's well, see. I'll tell you what you're willing to make that bet. I'll put them C tier. I'll put them C tier right now if you want to make <laughs> no, that no, bet. No, no, Screw them. You have to this bet another time. Oh, okay. Guess they're... Wow. Confident, <laughs> I was gonna say, confident enough when there's nothing on the line, but you're but we put your, your pretty <laughs> no, but hairy legs take, into the mix. I was going to take your confidence that they would never make it out of this group and say like, okay, if they make it out of this group or like do something crazy, then you're going to have to do something crazy. But I don't have enough it's confidence. It's best of one. Anything can happen. You heard Bopo say it. Their jungler is one we'll probably, solo queue. We'll probably make a bet in the, in the knockout stage of playoffs. But right now, I don't have the confidence to back LGL and I'm waxing my leg bet for a best of one, unfortunately. But I still think they're good. That's your best chance. What are you going to bet on them in a best? Okay. All right. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. <laughs> D tier for detonation focus me. <laughs> yeah. Let's okay, go. To, let's work our way up. Let's go. Infinity Esports next. Infinity Esports, uh, obviously a pretty exciting team. White Lotus returning to the international stage. I really stage. like their support. Um, Ackerman is cracked. Mm -hmm. Ackerman is super good, super promising young support. I love it when su young supports are not afraid to make plays. The worst thing I can see on stage is a support that is chilling. Yep. This man is not chilling. This man yeah. is getting stuff done. Ackerman was uh, voted outstanding rookie of the split. Uh, his brand new face coming into LLL, uh, LLA, sorry. And I think him and uh, him and uh, White Lotus were the all-pro bot lane as well. Yep. The, the cool thing about this team was in the finals, they reverse swept, which happened in the EU as well, which I always think a reverse sweep is always good. They finished second regular split. And the only player... Uh, I've got a little doc here. Only player that remains from the 2018 INF roster was Solid Snake, their jungler. So a lot of question marks coming in. Rookies, we've seen white, white loads on the stage before. But um, yeah, I think this team is D tier as well. I mean, uh, assuming that they're in this group, they're going to have to be D tier because they're definitely... I mean, I don't want to say definitely. That's no fun. I think the but thing is... most likely not getting out. I think they, while Latin America has historically been pretty solid... Um, and I thought merging the regions, I thought would would make them stronger. That happened a few years back now. Um, I, I do think that like I can't put them on the same level as the TCL and the LCL in terms of achievements, in terms of historic yep. strength. They've had one or two good, really good lineups, whether it was Rainbow Seven or Lion, which were essentially the same lineup. Um, they did pretty well. I'm not convinced this is it. Cody's a guy with a lot of hype behind him, but it's like his landing stats are, are really mm -hmm. rough. He's a Zoe god, but I think it's pretty easy just to ban that champion. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree. D tier. I, I think if you're ever gonna if you're ever supporting this team or if you're ever interested in this team, I think for me at least the, the key standout of that team is their bot lane. Keep your eyes on their bot lane. Keep your eyes on Ackerman. He's probably gonna be the playmaker, the engager, the roamer, uh, and that's why you should keep your eye out for on on that team itself. But yeah, I don't think they're realistically gonna make it out of this group. Next up, Cloud Nine. Let's talk North America. I'm going to say this is based on... Actually, before we start, Rainover can't actually be at the tournament. 
Um, I, yeah, I don't know. And how similar to RNG, Tabe is not at the tournament either. I think mm -hmm. there's poppies drafting for them on stage. So these things could actually hurt these teams for RNG True. and C9 especially. I actually don't know too much about Rainover's contributions to the team. But this is what I'll say right now is that I'm, I'm kind of in the Cloud9 hype train right now. Partially because I trust Perks and Sven. Bless up to the former boys. All right. pros. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you a not very hot take, but I'll call it the hot take because that's more okay. fun. Do it. C9 is the most European NA team you can find. They've literally got every single... Like, they've got some of the most successful European players of all time on that team. They've got Mithy, they've got Perks, they've got Sven. It's weird because my hot take was I think they might be the best NA representative of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that and those two I, things I, go together. I think you're 100% right. Like, I, the fact that they've had, they have had a taste of international success on multiple people in that lineup means that, honestly, I'm reconsidering my, my power ranking for, for, for where I'm putting C9 in Mad Lions. Because the more I think about it, the more I believe in an A tier for both of them. The more I believe that they are going to be competing with RNG to take a shot at that one. I agree. Okay, so here's what I'll say right off the bat. I was, I was nervous because when we got out of... While I thought that they did really well, I'm really excited about Blabber. I'm obviously very excited about the Sven Volk bottling. Perks is really easy. Fudge, obviously a little bit of a weaker player, but did have a good performance in the finals. Um, I was kind of sweating because every time you heard a Cloud9 player speak in any interview, it was like, we'll be happy if we get a game off day one. That was their attitude. But then Perks did an interview like yesterday, I believe with Ashley Kang, you can check it out on mm -hmm. Horizon, mm -hmm. where he's like, no, nah, we're going to get a game. And I'm like, that's that shit I love. I love when players go into the boot camp and they're like, oh no, actually we're good. We're going. Like we're going to, we're coming in here to take names. And that, that builds confidence in me because yeah. Perks is not, in my experience, not, not a BSer. You know, he's not just going to try to sell us on it. Dude, he's, he's the defending champion of the tournament. He's the only one there. He's the one that can hold the trophy in Damon's face and say, come and get it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, okay. All right. One, you're doing great as a caster. Right, I love you. That's, that's right there. Thank you, Dirk. Watch that clip. That said, okay, a little strong, buddy. Come on. <laughs> um, well, I think C9 is the most successful team that NA's had at, at international events, right? They made semis at Worlds. Um, yeah. I think this is their first MSI. CLG, as an didn't CLG make a... They did the MSI. They got they to did, the yeah. finals. They made the finals, yeah. yeah. But I think overall, in terms in MSI, of... Overall, that was, that yeah. was kind of a one-shot there um, for CLG. But I think you're completely right as well, Bipo. Like, they have EU's greatest, almost, in perks. And Sven also really successful. Um, I think this team will do really well. I think they're also A tier. The question for me is who's better, Mad Lion C9? Doing Mithy dirty, I see. Yeah, yeah don't forget Mithy. Of course, yeah. Mythy, yeah. Mithy's a quiet boy, though. Ever since Mythy became yeah, a coach, Mithy's very quiet. He's not, yeah, he's yeah, in terms of social media stuff. But, which I think is fine. You know, get out of the spotlight. But I think the, the cool there. thing about Mythy is, regardless of not putting out content or being like a, on social media face, I think everyone's sentiment as a pro player is like, yeah, Mythy is he's like a really, really. Quietly had a very successful career. He is. Yeah, because he worked with you guys and he went to C9. Excuse me. I love Mythy. I love Mythy too. He's a very good dude. I still remember International Wildcard 2016. He was on the desk. Very fun. Uh, another person that I definitely was rooting for, the, like the, the caster retirement plan. But he went with the coaching. <laughs> it's an option. It's an option for you too. You don't have to just become a caster. I'm just I'll saying. <laughs> Clip it. <laughs> Ship it. <laughs> Do whatever you want. The most interesting thing about C9 for me is in this jungle meta, Blabber, jungle carry player. He likes to play the Kindred. He likes Kindred. Is He's Olaf. one of the guys that mm. played Kindred. Mm. I don't know about Olaf. I think uh, I don't think Olaf have, will have room in this meta because Kindred exists. But what I'm interested in seeing is the Kindred, the Morgana, the Diana, the Rumble paired with mid jungle combos. And this is where oh, I feel like oh, the yeah. Asian teams and C9 will have an advantage because they're way less stubborn from what I can tell compared to, let's say, Humanoid. I think Humanoid will be very stubborn to bust out a set, a Kiana. I mean, he ha he does love the Kiana, so perhaps we'll see a Kiana. But like when I'm looking at all the, the changes in the jungle, I'm I'm expecting some LeBlancs, some some maybe Lulu, some set, you know? And 
I think that you need to have players that are willing to play this and get going early. And what better thing to have an ex AD carry world finalist on the team <laughs> when Tristan Lucian mid could work really well as well. And give me more. It's just, just bread and butter. Right into my so veins, baby. I agree. The mid jungle is going to be good. I think this is you, lane. by the way. Whenever you do decide to pay my cash, you start with analytical points, but three months in, you've abandoned it and you're just spewing narrative. Give me more, <laughs> <Nice>. Kings. <laughs> narrative, Feed narrative, it to narrative. Me. <laughs> <laughs> King's Legacy Dynasty. Oh, you're, you're I makes a lot of and sense. Then, <laughs> to round it all out, Fudge was like this weak link coming into study here. Everyone thought, like, oh, his laning stacks were poor or he's playing bad. He actually improved a lot, I think, especially towards the finals. He improved so much. So I'm really excited for this roster. Yeah, I do think still that he, he will probably struggle against some of the really top mm-hmm. top laners, but I think he'll do totally fine against, even though I do consider to be a pretty good uh, top laner on the side of DFM. I think he'll do pretty well. Bogax from um, Infinity Esports also should be fine. Um, Khan is not Nuguri, which generally gives me more faith for any team playing against Damwon. And that's yep. going to be interesting. But speaking of day one, our last team. So, so far, again, to recap, A, RNG. Oh, wait, where do we put C9, actually? Mad Lions and C9. Are we doing the move we up? Are we moving a. everyone yep. to A? Or are we moving just C9 to A? I would move Mad Lions. I mean, the thing is, is like Mad Lions for me, it will heavily depend on how flexible they are in their mid jungle department. Because I believe like these new bruisers coming out, like with the jungle meta, like I can't imagine, like, for example, Morgana, Lucian, it just like it makes sense, right? Like you have a spell shield for your Lucian mid, right? So there I can see Mad Lion showing up. But then all of a sudden, let's say the Lucian is gone, the Tristana is gone, are you willing to play Morgana set, you know? To get that early game priority, to get your Morgana going, to punish something like a Kindred, because like for me at least, when I think about this jungle meta, like Kindred got bust, she's looking very strong. Yeah. Um, and Blabber's a huge Kindred player, Canyon's a huge Kindred player, El Yoya is a huge Kindred player, but is his mid laner going to follow in suit with what the meta requires you to know play. one small teaser as well perks was playing kindred mid wonder's been playing kindred top so it could be a triple flex i don't know if that's just testing but just a little bit of a wonder is not on that team yeah i know yeah, it's not on that team but i've just been seeing it <laughs> in solo queue i have to make a joke i have to make a joke i have to okay. no no but it's then. fudge it's pronounced fudge cadrel <laughs> fudge no, no but i agree so much solo yeah, no, that, like, it makes sense i do think kindred is super strong right now and we'll have to see whether or not people can adapt into right. playing with the mid jungle combos because that's what like this is where i'm worried about mad lions humanoid loves his oriana and it's great and all kindred oriana True. but when it gets banned what are you going to play and when it comes Kindred. to tier lists like this, it's always there's always a lot of variables. There's always a lot of questions. It's always very predictive. And no matter what happens, we're going to get roasted in some capacity. Yeah, some someone's going to be mad. I'm ready. But here's here's the thing. We need to decide now. Is C9 going in B tier along Mad and PSG, or are we leveling up Mad and C9 and we're we're having this three? I'm leveling. I'm leveling them up. Level Let's go. Up. Let's go. Level up. I agree. I want to see some competition. I want to see RNG and Damwon sweat for it. I think A is going to be the top four contenders of, or the top three contenders of Damwon, and I think that's why A tier should be RNG, C9, and Mad. Yes, you can debate RNG slightly better, perhaps, or coming in on paper, right? But I think staple fact that they can contest Damwon. I think those are the three teams will have a chance. All right, gentlemen. We have one team left and S tiers open. And I think to the surprise of everyone. D tier. Danwon game, D. They're letters. It's the letter D. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, so Danwon came, the best team at the tournament expected. Uh, historic success, obviously, former world champions. Losing Nagari, I think, is a big deal, but they still look good. They, they completely they, and totally dominated their they region. Stomped the LCK. There is no they doubt that they are matches. the best LCK team. And it's not even like. I still think that else Danwon Kia is still head and shoulders above the region. Like I think if it's any other Korean team here, I'm starting to go, ooh, like, oh, how is this gonna work out for Korea? This might be a tough matchup, but when it's Danwon is like the team. Yeah. And the if, you, team. if you look on paper, like LCK 
they won worlds uh, last year obviously Dan won one worlds and i mean you look at you look at their regular season right 16 and 2 they lost one series against bro who finished last in the lck maybe it was just a hiccup everyone has hiccups highest dragon highest baron highest soul everything I mean, is highest because they're, they're literally winning so much and that i think any analyticals i actually yeah, think stats are so sta- worthless because they're worthless. just so inflated but then you have to also look at the finals where gen g comes in after beating skt and it's like okay finals gen g versus damon Okay, well, uh, two hours have passed. And I'm going home. Like they just, they just murdered them. Three zero. Didn't drop a game throughout the whole of playoffs, and they kind of look like uh, damn one from last year, right? Unstoppable. I actually think they got a buff coming into MSI. Like to me, Damon as a team, I don't feel like they have any weak links. First of all, like, yeah. this is like a big deal. Big they big have deal. no player yeah. that I feel like you're going to expose, right? So you're going to have to contest with them one by one. On top of that, I feel like all of their players are players that can get buffed in the idea that when it's their meta. It's their meta. Yeah. And with the way jungle's been going, I think Jungle Canyon's going to get a whole other meaning. I think Canyon's in the some best of these player matchups. at the tournament. And I think Canyon would be the best player at the tournament, even if it was Chemtank meta. So the fact that he's, I think he's the best set to be the best player at a tournament where you actually can carry out of the jungle is... Yeah. I mean, we're assuming this, you know, like, who knows, you know, maybe Nunu is just too powerful and uh, everyone's rolling <laughs> snowballs. It's funny if yeah, the meta comes in, it's just a zero corky. Uh, <laughs> with some Nunu's rolling snowballs. Yeah. Who knows, you know, but uh, based on what I can tell from what people are playing in solo queue, I would not want to play against Canyon in this tournament if I could avoid it. Yeah, I yeah. think Canyon's head and shoulders the best stronger in, in the world. And we're going to get to talk about Damwon a lot in the course of this tournament. So I'll wrap it up here for the tier list. Uh, S tier, Damwon, Kia, A, RNG, Mad, C9, B, PSG, C, UOL, and IW, D, uh, PGG, Pain, Detonation, Focus, Me, and uh, Infinity. Um, and then, of course, for each group, Group A, no surprise to anyone, RNG, Unicorns of Love, expected favorites to make it out. Mad Lions and PSG Talent coming out of Group B and Group C, Cloud9. And Dan Wonkia, a lot there, gentlemen. I feel like that's pretty good. Um, final segment of the podcast here. I kind of want to keep this one brief because we went um, we went super in-depth on those groups. I want to talk a little bit about the most important group stage games. But to get this conversation started off, I want to shift our attention back to the Mad Lions. Um, Adam, complicated last name. Adam, I'm not going to try Wojciechowski. Wojciechowski. Adam, I apologize. I cannot pronounce your last name. <laughs> At underscore grotto. Adam, thank you for your question. Do you think uh, Karzi can step up, get in form, and not int? He definitely seemed like the weakest link in finals. And I picked this question out because it was interesting to me. In finals, Karzi did look like he was struggling comparing to the previous round. It didn't seem like the same player. And after Mad Lions um, struggled in China last year for a multitude of reasons, did drop out very early in the tournament, I'm wondering, are you guys confident you, there were concerns about Humanoid's champion pool and what the team is willing to play, but are you guys confident in Mad Lions performing at the same level that they did domestically? I mean, I think just the question itself, if you think of the finals, I think Rogue Bot Lane 2v2 killed them almost every single game. And I have to agree, Kars and Kaiser were a bit quiet in that series. It was more of like an Armutel Yo-Yo Humanoid show. But then against G2, you could see Kars' stats. He was like almost 10 kills, two of the games. He was really popping off against G2. So I guess the measuring is like, if they can clean up their laning phase, they should be fine. I think the weakness was the laning phase, not so much in the team fights or anything like this. And Karzi was actually doing absolutely fine there. It's just the laning phase, which was the question mark for me against Rogue. You mentioned something about if they can perform like they did domestically. And I think if they do, that would be a big problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I like it. Uh, they ended up winning the LEC. But again, if you're playing against the top one of all regions, I don't think you can get away with all this, uh, like with being down 5, 6k gold and winning a team fight off blunders yep. from the enemy team. Because that's ultimately what ended up happening in the Rogue Mad Lions series. You can spin it all the way you want, but I feel like there was a lot of blunders in the team fight execution coming out mm-hmm. from Rogue side in this best of five, mm-hmm. which is a damn shame because they were looking very good. But... If they need that to win, we're going to have a hard time. Now, obviously, 
against G2, I think they had a pretty good series. They were looking good. And if they can maintain that form yeah. uh, and get over the hump, you know, they, they had the struggle. They saw the issues they had. They played a best of five series going all the way. Reverse swept, which meant hopefully coming into the series, they can clean up their weaknesses and look like a, an actual contender. Yeah, and I think the AD meta will stay the same. I think we'll still see Jinx, Kai'Sa, maybe some Senatom, maybe an S you'll hear here and there from Karzi. A little bit of Ashtian perhaps, but uh, yeah, I think the AD meta won't change too much. So um, they won't have to adapt as much in terms of champs, mm -hmm. but just in terms of how the series is going. But there are a lot of stacked bot lanes in this tournament, right? Galaming, yeah. that's and if the one that stands out the most to me. If you're uh, looking out for Mad Lions games, they're generally in the second half of the day in the first round robin. Their first game on Thursday is versus PSG, uh, the hardest opponent I think that they have in the group. Now, I'm still expecting Mad to be the favorites yep. um, by a decent amount, I would say, actually. I'm sweating, again, sweating a little bit for Maple. Bot lane is a big question. PSG, of course, coming with Doggo. How, how good is that going to be? I think Kai Wing and um, Maple work super well together, and that's obviously a pleasure to watch. But at the same time, I think El Yo I River versus El Yoya. I'm I'm a I'm in the El Yoya camp, and if the jungle is as crazy as uh, you expect it to be, before, and I think we all kind of are based on what we're seeing in solo queue, then I I'm still giving it to Mad Lions pretty handedly. What are you guys' thoughts on this specific matchup? Mm, I think yeah, Mad Lions definitely the favorites. PSG obviously had a good run at Wells last year. They took down Rogue, so it looks a bit scary for EU fans in general. But and the only worry I have in a way was El Yoya was shining a lot on Udir especially, and then Volibear, right? You know him as Volibear, and this was an early game champ. And now as we've been talking about the meta a lot, Diana, Morgana, Rumble, these are farming junglers. They don't have much CC in terms of like skill shots. Yes, you have like a binding, for example. When it comes to Volibear, it's so simple, right? Get a gank, run at him, mm -hmm. get a quick kill, look for a dive. It's really easy to execute. Whereas Morgana, Rumble, and, and Diana, these champs to me seem more like power farming champs, getting camp leads, and then looking for team fights. So Elioya, I need to see that kind of side of him because what I've seen from Elioya most of the time in the split is just Udyr, Volibear, and then just popping off. We've seen a little bit of Lilia, a little bit of Hecarim. But I need to see how El Yoyo does on that jungle meta. If he's fine, if he's comfortable, Scrim's going well. I think Madline's definitely the favorite in this, in this group. Overall, any any additional thoughts there, Bupo? I mean, for me, uh, I, I remember Elder Al from Solo Queue is someone that does play all these carry junglers. So for me, I'm very much expecting him to have a great performance on carry junglers. He played Kane in the LEC and popped off. Uh, what I'm worried about is, like I mentioned, the, the mid-jungle combos. You know, like yeah. if you squeeze hard enough on the mid-pool, like is Humanoid going to be willing to play some of these early game champions that will allow their junglers to get going? Because when I think of Asian teams, I think set mid. Set mid is never something that's been huge in EU, but it's always been something that when set was viable, he was always a mid laner and to be in fair, every other region. Even when he was getting heavy nerfs, they were still, they, they, were still they refused for a lot of patches to just stop playing set, even when most other regions had stopped playing and set And I'm completely. not saying that this champion is like uh like the most broken champion and he's going to decide everything but it's just an example of a champion that will propel your jungler if you manage to leverage yeah. his priority and i think that in matchups like this like maple playing a set mid getting his jungler ahead squeezing out as much as they can out of Yoya, and in the matchup like you know what i assume is going to be like a graves uh, a graves kindred meta maybe graves will see play maybe he won't i expect it but um graves a uh, kindred diana if you have Diana set into like Kindred Oriana, I think if you don't, be, if you're not careful early game, <laughs> exactly, you're gonna die. Which is the cool thing. I mean, we we're talking about the game, but like the meta discussion is so uh, so fantastic because you have like Humanoid on Oriana and you have Elioia and Volibear, right? Elioia manages the early game. He doesn't really need too much resources because he's very self-sufficient, very self-sufficient jungler. Although he doesn't get out farmed, he can make plays on his own. You swap the roles around, and now you've got a farming jungler instead of the mid laner. Obviously, the mid laner needs to make up for it, right? And picks like Set. Those kind of things do help and facilitate your jungler to actually get to the early game or even just keep his camp lead. And then that's how they carry the fights, carry the team fights. So they have to find the balance to actually support each other. And that's what uh, I think Humanoid and Elio you need to do. Hey, hopefully we build some strong jungle mid synergy here, even stronger than it was domestically. 
Only other matchup that I think we really absolutely have to highlight to the surprise of no one at Second Gear wanted to hear about it at Second Gear 16. Do you think that Cloud9 can actually beat Damwon? If no, why do you think that? Let's let's talk. That is the matchup to watch. That is the first matchup on the first day. There's, of course, a lot of other interesting matchups in the first part of groups, but these are the two I want to talk about. Mad versus the top opponent in their group, and then kind of the big papa of matches in the groups. It's, I mean, Daewon Kia versus Cloud9. Perks is confident he can do it. How do you guys How do you guys feel about this match? We already talked about it. Daewon Kia, no weak links whatsoever. Give me anything. Give me the, the jungle meta you imagine. Give me every possible scenario because this is mm-hmm. the match people want to hear about. Oh. For me, at least, I think uh, if if C9 is going to grab a game, it's going to be game one. They come out swinging. They have a mid jungle, like they have a combo. Like I'm going to really focus on mid jungle here because this is what I, I think is going to determine this matchup. Like blabber and perks get going on a on a strong early like a, a strong early game mid jungle. Doesn't necessarily not have to scale, right? It just has to be a combo that gets going early game. Something like Lucian Morgana is perfectly fine. It scales perfectly well, but it has enough power in order to leverage Lucian get ahead of Canyon, get something going on Showmaker, and start really pressuring him there. Like something like. Uh, Lucian into the Akali, maybe, you know, we see that type of matchup or like a Lee Sin into Akali from Perks. That would be absolutely amazing. I'm not sure if he'll bust out the Lee mid, but um, what I'm expecting is some some serious action to go down mid-jungle and then that to bleed into the other lanes so that C9 can win. Yeah, and I think mid-jungle is going to be the aim of the game for MSI. Like the Mad PSG one that we were just talking about, mid-jungle is going to be the aim of the game. You know, we've got like players like Maple on those rosters in Humanoid. And then again, C9 Damon, Perks versus Showmaker. Even saying that gives me goosebumps. It's going to be stacked. I think mid-jungle is going to be where it's all at. I think bottom top won't be too much of a focus. It's either going to be mid-jungle moving top side for dives over side, and then just lots of contests around mid-jungle. But I think Perks and Blabber can do it. Um, I think there's a chance they can take a game. I think best of ones, there's always a world where it can happen. And I think Whippo's right. I think game one's going to be where it's at. Because I think if they lose game one in the best in, in, in the tournament in terms of uh, the best of ones, uh, then I think the second best of one will a bit bit more difficult, I'd say. The, yeah. only, the only thing I disagree with that one is uh, I think top lane meta might be a little bit spicier than oh, we yeah, expect. True. You know, like you're seeing set. You know, Seth's a top laner. You know, he's flex. Lee Sin, a lot of Lee Sin. I'm seeing Akali's. You know, these three champs alone, if they're in the game and you're playing top lane matchups like this, like honestly, that's very scary because mm. these matchups can go either way Super really fast, volatile. right? Yeah. Like you, you throw a Renekton in there. Nar is, honestly, I don't see him as often anymore in solo queue. So I, I don't know if it's it's like a thing where it's like he's been meta for like six months so no pros are playing him in solo queue because they got bored of him <laughs> and they just like only scrim Nar. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if Nar has fallen out of flavor either. And that means that these Stonewall laners like Nar and Sion, I think they're not going to be as popular with mm. champions like Set showing up. So much hype around this meta. Sounds like we're going to have like, I'm it's so almost like Riven ready. versus Zed vibes with a yes. So, you know, it's kind of like those kind of esque metas. <laughs> I, I hope I, it is. Maybe not that crazy in top lane, but I am excited for, and I, Nar's obviously been nerfed a bunch. Um, yeah. He's been nerfed mm-hmm. on six. Our playoff patch, people still played him. Renekton got nerfed a bit, but I think he's still showing some prevalence, especially because of the AP junglers. It's just the best yeah. setup you can get, right? Rumble's also a flex, you know, like you play Rumble, you, you can play a lot of all-in champions into the Rumble to try yeah. and kill him. So, uh, are we going to see Rumble Kiana again? Oh, that's an interesting Whoa. one. I think Kiana is a very interesting <laughs> mid laner. Rommel Kiana, for sure, I think is something that, that some teams are preparing. Not everyone, maybe, but for sure, it's something that people are keeping their I eyes just, on. The closer we get to 2019 League of Legends, the holy year of League of Legends, the happier I am. The happier you are. It's like when I when I think about it, you know, you blind pick Kinder Doriana, seems to make sense. Scaling pick, slam, rumble Kiana. Let's fucking... Let's yeah. Go, guys. Let's go, dude. That's what I, I want to see C9 do. I just want to see them say, let's go. I'm so tired of Boom. watching a pony Rumble zoom in at 200 miles an hour, do half your health, and then sit there for... Ah, oh, yeah, I'm so It's dumb. over, dude. I can't play Hecarim anymore. All his abilities, his Q and his E come off 80 scalings now. 
I think his he's win rate gutted. dropped his like win 7%. Rates, it's, they just gutted him. It's crazy. He's gone. He's completely gone. God yeah. bless. Thank you, Riot. Thank you, Mark Yetter. Um, <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> last question from Hina at something Hikamori. The question everyone wants to know the answer for. Top five most handsome MSI players. Just give me one off the top of your head. I can do full five, but you guys just give me one. Top five most handsome MSI players. Carzy. Good. You got one off the top of your head? Dude, I, I, I don't like. How do I look at the player counts, man? I'm, I'm playing the game here. You're all looking at the players' narratives. I'm playing, I'm looking at the champions. We're going even deeper. This isn't even narrative anymore. Now we're going for aesthetics. BRTT, Ackerman. There's so many names. BRTT, that man is. That is a handsome yeah, name. That is a hell of a man. It's, that's. He's a grown. We'll ass. leave it at that. That's the closest you're gonna get for a top five. Carzy also definitely on that list. No, you yeah. could put it. You could put. You, could, you know the like the child meme template. You could put BRTT there. No, no. Oh my god, it's true. It's true. It really is. Yeah. BRTT. Let's. Go. They're all handsome. Every player is handsome. <laughs> There's a reason we never. Mind. This has been Euphoria <laughs> Podcast MSI Episode One. Thank you, Blippo, for coming on, dude. I'd love to have you again at some point in the tournament. Um, as always, for the insight. And once we can actually see the frickin' meta, since that seems to be one of our most of our questions, then we can get dive deep onto it. True. Yes. But uh, thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back after the first stage. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. After Next the first week, stage, we're publishing pretty much at the end of every stage. Um, and then we'll keep you guys up to date and see how Mad Lions are doing. Obviously, the team that we're following, but also shout out to Cloud9 and the former G2 players there. Good luck to them. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all in uh, about a week or so. Bye bye. <laughs>